to the world of Doctor Who, the Time Lord that explores the galaxy while on his time-traveling adventures. Welcome to the world of the longest-running science fiction series in history, with your co-hosts Susan Backstrom, David Grunt, Matthew Rose, Tom Diamond, and Craig Johnson. They explore the classic series from its humble beginnings in 1963 and tracking through time to every episode up to the current day. This is the Doctor Who retrospective, where a legend will never die. Welcome to the Literary Licence Podcast. Tonight we are discussing a double bill Doctor Who of The Rescue and The Romans. And um, the how, how is everyone today? I'm, I'm, I'm calling you from the leafy suburb of East Finchley. Um, how are I'm, you, Marius? I'm good, I'm good. I'm with you on that one. I am from North Finchley, calling from North Finchley. It is raining and it's been wet all day and it's miserable, but it's all good because my blog is nearly up and ready to go. So I'm really excited. What's the title of that one? The the title is Books and Lattes. So if you are a book lover of all sorts, from horror, cosy mysteries, supernatural, fantasy, anything of the above, it's all in there. It's going to be there. So I'll be reading. If you've got any books that you want to suggest, go for it. Just That's your Facebook page, isn't it? That is my new blog page and my new Facebook page. Yes, it is. Very cool. It's cool. exciting. Yeah. And how are you, Ramona? I'm hanging in there from Hartford, Connecticut, the United States of America. Love it. All right. So for myself, I've just been, well, getting wet. Um, we missed the European heat wave somehow, but you know, it's just raining in blighty Britain. And, um, I've been watching, um, I watched Black Adam, um, and I've been watching back to back episodes of Harry Potter all week since last weekend. I'm now on the Deathly Hallows again. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched it, but ITV2 seems to keep playing them so. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Harry Potter fan. That's awesome. I love all the I love the Harry Potter world. It's amazing. It's just so cool. I forgot to say I went to the the antique toy fair in Enfield and I got some pure little beauties. I got a Cyberman helmet cookie jar and it comes with cellophane on it so it looks like an Earthshock Cyberman with the plastic. So I've kept that in the packaging and I got a Peter Cushing movie Dalek that talks and I got a remembrance of the Dalek Supreme Dalek black and silver remote control mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I've just discovered a look and, and and the guy there I've made friends with the guy now so <laughs> it's going to be my little trade-off center so I can just swap swap some really good beauties and uh, get some limit. I just picked up a uh, action figure yeah for a ridiculously cheap price. It was uh, $3 at Walgreens. Marvel's Moonstone. Oh, wow. 
and it was uh, still in the box. There's a couple more there on the shelf. Three dollars each. They're still in the box, pristine. Wow. Three dollars. Yeah, it's it, it's and nothing. I googled them. They're worth at least between twenty five and forty dollars. Wow. It's always good when you get a, a like a little hidden gem and you think, wow, this is limited edition. It's worth a lot in value. Um, wow, that's really good. So that brings us to our first instalment tonight, um, which is the rescue, which was the which is only two episodes for some reason. I need to look into this. I'm not sure why it was two episodes, but it was the second to the ninth of January, 1965. We'll cut to the trailer and we were right back. This is a synopsis for Doctor Who, The Rescue, which aired from the 2nd of January to the 9th of January, 1965. The first Doctor, Ian Charleston and Barbara Wright, are still missing the Doctor's granddaughter, Susan Foreman, when the TARDIS lands on the planet the Doctor eventually recognized as Dido, a world he has visited before. The trio soon encounters two survivors of a space crash, Vicky and Bennett, who are awaiting a rescue ship that is due to arrive in three days' time. Vicky and Bennett live in fear of Kotkulian, a bipedal inhabitant of Dido, who is stalking the area. Kotkulian encounters the time travelers and attacks, pushing Barbara over a cliff and temporarily trapping Ian and Doctor. Vicky finds Barbara injured and rescues her from Kotkulian, and they share reminiscences. Vicky's father was among those who died with the survivors of the cross, save Bennett and Vicky were lured to their death by the natives of Dido. She is evidently very lonely, having befriended an indigenous sand beast for company. However, when Ian and the doctor reach the ship, tempers are fraught because Barbara mistook the sand beast for a threat and killed it. The doctor enters Bennett's room and finds things are not as they seem. The supposedly crippled Bennett is missing and the tape recorder hides his absence. He finds a trap door in the floor of the cabin and follows it to a temple card from rock where he unmasked Kotkulian as Bennett. Bennett reveals he killed a crew member on board the ship and was arrested, but the ship crashed before the crime could be radioed to Earth. It was he who killed the crash survivors and the natives of Dido to cover his crime. He has been using Coquillian alias so that Vicky would back up his story and hope the planet would be destroyed with his version of events it was given. Just as Bennett is about to kill the doctor, two surviving native Didodians arrive and force Bennett to his death over a ledge. They then stop the signal to prevent the rescue ship reaching their planet. With no living family and nothing left for her on Dido, Vicky is welcome aboard the TARDIS. And that is the synopsis for Doctor Who The Rescue. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast. Tonight we're discussing The Rescue, Doctor Who The Rescue. So let's throw the doors open. Okay, I will go. Do you know what? I think the first two, for first um, introduction, because we got to um, make a point of this, this is the first introduction to the very first new companion of Doctor Who. Now, nobody knew that Carol Ann Ford was going to leave Doctor Who to surprise to everybody. And it's the beginning of a long line of companions to come as well. So I think we need to hail 
the lovely Vicky with this one because do we, do we know how many companions Doctor Who's had? Am I wrong? Am I incorrect in thinking there was nearly 98? Or was it I was might it be really? wrong on that. I think I saw it in, in 30 years in the TARDIS when they mentioned how many companions he had in Classic Who. I might have got that figure wrong. So you know what, if you correct me then send me a message. Let me know. We'll find out how many companions there were as well. That would be interesting. That could be a that could be a nice competition to I see. No, the winner gets a literary license podcast T-shirt. Hey, mm-hmm. that's a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the key was introduced um, on the planet Dido, would I believe, if I'm right. She may crash landed with Bennett and the crew were no longer with them as well. And it seemed to me that the, the team materialised there as well. And they've gone to investigate and they meet the mysterious, what's his name? I've forgotten the name. Absolutely, absolutely. Where I discovered that he pushes Barbara off a cliff. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, guys, really? As soon as you meet somebody, do you push them off a cliff? Really? Come on. Well, the TARDIS fell off a cliff in the Romans. That is true. That is true. Maybe I mean, <laughs> it had to be Barbara that was pushed, obviously. It had to be Barbara. Yeah. But again, she came back, she found Ricky, and now there are, well, let's just say, they are going to be, it's going to be interesting. Any, any thoughts on that, what's happening through that one? Ramona, passing over to you. Um, my first thoughts, it was a very, very tough beginning to watch. Um, a lot of psychological abuse going on there. And first thought was that Bennett might have been related to Vicky in some way. Um, but we find out later that uh, that is different. Um, and Coquillion, the alien, is also very psychologically abusive, um, making sure that uh, Vicky stays within the ship and doesn't go snooping around for other uh, things to say or shouldn't be seen. I kind of feel bad for uh, Sandy, who was supposed to be the uh, executioner of sorts, but we find out that Sandy's a vegetarian. And uh, Sandy's uh, passing was uh, very tough. Just some good points. And I mean, the debut for... um... The debut for Vicky, the Liverpudlian, um, it's the first time that the doctor said to him, said, do you want to come along with me? Not that she had much of a choice. But um, ITVX, um, where I watched it, it ruined this episode, the second episode for me. There's a spoiler alert, but basically they showed Coquillan in his costume with the mask off. So by the time I'd finished episode one I already knew the big reveal which I was a bit gutted about but I had my suspicions um 
I loved the, the the music when the first Doctor confronted him. That was really unnerving. That that sound effect that we hadn't seen since um, it was in one of the other earlier episodes that we'd watched. Um, I can't remember what it was. Um, maybe it was a Dalek one, but um, that was really powerful. The scene when when he confronted him, the first Doctor, he was very vulnerable because they were they were both one one to one. Um, but the Doctor knew, you know, he knew what was going on. That's that's when you realise the Doctor is just a masterpiece, this first Doctor. And did anybody notice that um, Barbara, um, she operated the TARDIS for the very first time mm. in, the, in the first episode when they were materialised? He asked Susan. Susan wasn't there. That was bad when he said her name as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But she operated the TARDIS and you could see the the, um, way she manipulated the controls really carefully that she wouldn't make any mistake at all. I think that was quite poignant, um, you know, for Barbara to be the first, you know, the second female to actually um, operate the TARDIS. Right. It had been established in a earlier episode that um, the TARDIS can communicate with the crew members, her crew members, on a telepathic level. Mm-hmm. So it may not have been Barbara herself mm-hmm. manipulating the trolls, but the mm-hmm. TARDIS using Barbara's hands mm-hmm. to do so through a telepathic mm-hmm. link. It was the first time Doctor Who's been asleep when the TARDIS landed on Planet Dido. Yes. Uh, and that's when he was said about Susan. So he could have just been like, just woken up sort of thing and just a bit like having a, a daydream or. I mean, it was, um, it's very good. I could see the beginning of a good relationship between Vicky and the Doctor from that, you know, the second episode as well. But when we come to the moment, you'll see why. As well, for Ian, Ian was more assertive in this episode as well, and Barbara was just more not bloodthirsty, but she was more um, proactive mm. from co- operating the controls to zapping that person, whoever it, uh, I can't get Sandy. Um, so yeah, re- they were really coming out in themselves, and it was it was nice to have a change, I suppose, in the TARDIS with with um, Vicky. Um, but obviously, I need it'd be good to see like character development and see what happens with her. Will they still uh treat her as a child, or um, we watch her progress and into a older, um, more grown up personal? Yeah, persona, it's one to watch. Any standout moments at all? I think for me is for it's Barbara operating the TARDIS. That's a standout moment for me. That yeah. was just, I really enjoyed that part. That was very you know, mm. I would let you know teach me Doctor how to do it. Teach me you know I want to learn, and he let her do it. He let her you know control the TARDIS. That was for me. That was brilliant to let you know another companion to do that. The uh, Dido survivors 
um, when they went around and they destroyed the uh, radio system and the uh, tracking system on the uh, what was left of the spaceship to make sure that no humans would... The, U- uh, the UK 201. Right, would come and uh, basically uh, poke around and maybe cause more destruction, more damage to their uh, ecosphere. Because um, spoilers is that uh, most of them were destroyed in an explosion mm. caused by uh, Bennett slash Cochilia. Because mm-hmm. Vicky's father, he um, he took a job on Astra. So, what about ratings then? Ratings. I am going to look at my notes um, for for this. Get bear with for one second. I've got it on here. It is. Let's go to the rescue parts one and two. We go down. So the powerful enemy, episode one, twelve point zero ratings. Wow, that's um, really good. Which is not bad. And number two, desperate measures, thirteen point zero, which was wow. higher than the first. So in the 60s, everyone was watching this yeah. on the TV. It's amazing, isn't it, to think that like, all channels. those people Three on a channels. Saturday evening. It's yeah. just amazing. I will give you a warning for those. Uh, it's a trigger warning for those who um, experienced uh, psychological abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was very controlled to have her watched and kept in the same compartment and uh, same area. Yeah. yeah. Very bad. So, um, what do you give this episode, two episodes out of five, Craig? Um, I'll give it a four out of five. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Very short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four out of five for me as well for the two episodes. I mean, it could have gone on to three, I guess, to see more about, you know, learn more about Vicky and where she came from as well. It would have been nice to know a bit more in that episode, but you never know, you might know a bit more um, in episodes to come. So who knows, Ramona? I'm going to give it a four, four and a half. I'd like to have known why Bennett did what he did. Um, You know, the murder and the subsequent murders of the Didoans. And I'd like to have known a little bit more about the people of Dido. Mm. Um, Not just that the uh, costumes that they wore were for ceremonial affairs. So, guys, that brings us to the end of um, the rescue. Um, and we'll move on now to um, the Romans. And we'll be right back. This is the synopsis for Doctor Who, The Romans, which aired from the 16th of January to the 6th of February, 1965. A month after the TARDIS fell off a cliff, the first Doctor, 
Ian Charleston, Barbara Wright, and Vicky are relaxing in an unoccupied Roman villa. The doctor and Vicky leave the villa to travel to Rome. Ian and Barbara stay behind, but are soon kidnapped by slave traders and sold into slavery. Barbara is sold to a statesman in a court of Emperor Nero named Tavius, as handmaiden to Nero's wife, Papia Sabina, whilst Ian is confined to a gallery on the Mediterranean. En route to Rome, the doctor is mistaken for a dead lyra player named Maximus Petillion and decides to assume his identity after being attacked by an assassin. The doctor and Vicky arrive in Rome and encounter Tavius, who implies that both he and Petullian are part of a conspiracy. Ian's galley runs into rough seas and is broken up, washing him ashore with another survivor of the galley named Dalos. The pair head to Rome in search of Barbara, only to be captured and taken to be trained as gladiators. Nero organizes a banquet in the doctor's honor, at which he must play the lyra. Papia is angered by Nero's attempt to flirt with Barbara and attempts to poison her, which fails due to Vicky having switched the poison goblets. The doctor makes no noise while playing the lyra, claiming that only those with sense of hearing can hear the music. Nero is angered and decides to have the doctor fed to the lions. At the arena, Ian and Delos fight their way out, attempting to reunite with Barbara. Nero calls off his soldiers, planning to have Ian killed while he returns to rescue Barbara. The doctor finds the plans for Nero's new Rome and realizes that because the year is 64 AD, Nero is planning to destroy the city. Tavis arrives and reveals that Petillion was meant to be an assassin all along and warns the doctor that Nero was planning to kill him. The doctor accidentally sets fire to Nero's plans, which gives him the idea for the Great Fire of Rome. He spares the doctor's life, Ian and Barbara are reunited and escape back to the villa as the doctor and Vicky watch the city burn from a nearby hill. All four leave in the TARDIS before a strange force drags the ship to an unknown location. And that's the synopsis for Doctor Who, The Romans, which aired from the 16th of January to the 6th of February, 1965. So now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Literary Licence Podcast. Tonight we're reviewing The Double Bill, The Rescue of the Romans, and um, we're going to move on to the four episodes, 16th of January to the 6th of February, 1965, The Romans. So, opening thoughts, Mario? Okay, I, do you know what? For, it was four parts. I really enjoyed it. For me, it was very comic as well because it reminded me of a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Scooby-Doo. I mean, Scooby-Doo is the ultimate classic cartoon, but it was for Chase. It was, <laughs> it was Barbara again. She stole the scenes with, um, you know, with Nero. I mean, that was just um, balmy. I mean, but Feral, you know, it's right from the beginning, is that the um, TARDIS was pushed off a cliff, but how did they get out of the TARDIS? That's, no what, I was That's what I was thinking. Um, right, that uh, popped first five minutes. Uh, TARDIS goes off a cliff and a pop. We're yeah. in the villa eating grapes and having wine. Yeah. yeah. I was like, we're going to miss something. I thought there's something suspicious going to happen here. Like, <laughs> what is going on? 
I mean, there was it was brilliant. Though. There was kidnaps. There was um, selling going on. <laughs> you had everything. It was the the BBC pulls off a period drama so well. Even the sets, the costume, it was just brilliant. It reminded me of um, Monty Python. <laughs> I was waiting for Tony Robbins to walk around. <laughs> yeah. Say, We're going to need a gym <laughs> right here. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, done it, they did it so well, especially with the gladiators as well, the fighting, the lion sequence. Oh, my God, that was amazing. That scared me. The lion <laughs> actually scared me. Barbara. <laughs> I appreciated this as a uh, documentary also hmm? of how the Romans lived back when they lived, Um, their life, how they treated their citizens, how they treated their slaves, how they treated their gladiators, and basically how to live as a Roman, uh, get a toga and dress like one. Yeah, Mm. I I agree with you. I feel it was film spliced from the BBC archives of the uh, someone being attacked by the the uh, wild animals, but um, it was I think it was meant to be a farce, but it was so well done, like tongue in cheek. It was. I just love the chase between Barbara and Nero, and and the funny thing is with Doctor Vicky and you know Barbara, they kept missing each other in the corridors. <laughs> One going in that direction, one going in the other. So they arrived in Rome. They were there a month. They were yeah. there for a month. So it was almost like a holiday, really. But I wonder yeah. why they didn't show them getting out of the TARDIS that had fallen down, though. Exactly. And how they got out. That is the question. That is needs Where to be they go to get to the TARDIS to get back? Right. They get out of the TARDIS. Um, how long does it take them to get up the road and find a empty villa? Uh, or the villa's owner's gone off on campaign um, so they can uh, take up residence in there for a month before mm. we rejoin them. And it, it was just amazing, amazes me that they settled in so quickly. They settled in so quickly without any indication where, where the TARDIS is. You know, and we've got Hickey and the Doctor going off, you know, together and leaving Barbara and Ian and suddenly everything happens. That poor harp player as well. I mean, he just got ambushed and thrown in a bush. <laughs> and um, I did he... like the uh, rendition of the Emperor's new, new clothes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dennis Spooner did a good job, really. Only the uh, tenderest ear can hear. The Emperor's new tunes. <laughs> oh, I liked the um, you know, the guard. I've forgotten his name. He was looking after Barbara when she first came in. Uh, Titulus. Yeah, he was very. It was really nice. Did you notice that. something special about Titulus in the uh, last scene? No. What he was holding. What was he holding? I missed that. He had something on a chain. And it was very special and appropriate for a Sunday. A the new religion was just taking hold. Oh. Christianity. Christianity, wow. 
That's why he was such a sweet guy. Yeah. He was so sincere as well. I mean, you know, it was just such a, it was honestly, you know, he could have brought them all together if he wanted to as well. He could have brought them all together earlier, but he didn't. But I guess that's the aim of the story is to, you know, to get them where they need to be right at the end as well. I mean, I'm sorry, Nero's wife, not a very nice woman. No. <laughs> and the uh, royal poisoner got hers in the end also. Oh, absolutely, she did. <laughs> You're fired. You're getting out of my description right now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, wow. I mean, sorry, I'm going to say this. What a cow. Am I allowed to say that, by the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, they, they showed how brutal they can be as well because remember the guy and he couldn't speak and they said I'll cut more I'll cut something else off if you're not too careful yes I mean that was quite explicit right. I'll cut well. more off of you besides your tongue yeah it's a bit yeah. Game of Thrones you know it shows how brutal people were back then as well to each other and Caesar was pissed yeah. uh, excuse my language but Caesar was not a happy camper after the fight he no. took the sword and he says he didn't fight hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> that got me because Barbara screamed. Oh, yeah, she, she did. thought she was going to get it. <laughs> and I love the Yeah. Delos and Ian were fantastic together. That was showed true com- friendship from beginning to end. That was so, that again, really nice for me. That was. Awesome. That was awesome. And Vicky's relationship with the doctor as well. We can see that blossoming. blossoming. My dear, my child. Again, resemblance to... Dun, 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 Susan. Yeah. He sees her as Susan. Yeah. I don't know if you, anyone else thought that, but that's what I thought when, you know... Because I know that she didn't enjoy playing her at the beginning. Mm. Right, so Ian and Barbara might uh, also uh, dote on her as teacher and student. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, again, I think the the, there were quite good um, actors like Derek Francis who played Nero, Brian um, Proudfoot. You know, my my friends. You know, he was really good as well, and he was. Who else was in it? Derek Sidney played Sebcheria. Yes, that's correct. Michael Peake was Tavius. Peter uh, Diamond was Delos. Yeah. Edward Key Kelsey was the slave buyer. That's correct. And Anne Tyrard was Locusta. Dor- Dorothy Rose Gribble was the woman slave. Now that sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> her name <laughs> that's all kids I like that I like that and then again ratings as well we got for episode one we got 13.0 for episode one the slave traders number two all roads lead to Rome 11.5 wow. conspiracy at 
And even the doctor said in that episode, conspiracy as well to go with the title. I don't know if anybody noticed that. He said conspiracy. Ah, it's a conspiracy theory, I think. And that was 10.0 and Inferno later on to be a title of a um, third doctor story was 12.0. Healthy rating still. Absolutely, especially with a new companion as well. And what do you think of burning Rome down as well when they were setting fire to the place? Yeah, that was quite a good visual. I mean, that was a very good visual from, you know, from from their point of view. That was a really good, um, well, not good to burn it all down, but, you know, it was... Notice the doctor had to uh, hide his glasses. He wasn't, he wasn't just uh, putting his glasses behind his back to um, burn the paper, but he actually had to hide his glasses because glasses had not been invented yet. Ah. And Peter Diamond, who worked on this serial, he went on to work in Star Wars and Superman. Wow. Is that the film? Yeah, he passed away in 2004, but hmm. some of his commentaries on the DVD extras from on the Star Wars trilogy. So That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for the next episode because I haven't watched it before. Yeah, neither have I. And I've got the DVD out <laughs> It's like, what is our next episode? It's gonna be the uh, it's gonna be the web planet. Yay! <laughs> I'm and, excited. And crusade. <gasps> the crusade. Ooh, Cru- the crusade. Crusade. A missing episode, or is it actually? I think it's animated. I got a funny feeling. Don't get it. Um, I think I might be wrong. I'm not sure, but I think one of them's animated. So, Craig, out of five, what do you think? Uh, otherwise, sorry. Otherwise, it will be the Space Museum. I'm sure they're both unavailable. No, no, it's the Space Museum on the Chase box set. Um, yes, it is. Space Museum is on the chase box set. I've got that. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was had some really good comedy moments, and um, I love the set design. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a five. It was really good. Yeah, same with me. It can't go wrong with a bit of comedy, a bit of action. You know, the visuals, the the costumes, everything was on point form. I'm giving it a five. <laughs> I'll give it a five also for its documentary um, use. Yeah. That's brilliant. And again, the new companion has begun, a new era for new companions has begun. We'll Mm. wait and see what lies for the future of a classic era as well. And if you like our Doctor Who podcast, please join our Doctor Who Facebook page, which is the Whovians podcast. I think I got that correct. It's um, the Doctor Doctor. It's the Whovians podcast. The Whovians podcast group. Excuse me. And you can please join us on the Whovians podcast group on Facebook. And you can check out my artwork on Etsy.com, and my shop is called Craig's World. So check it out. 
you can catch yeah, all my photos. I mean, go for it. <laughs> Okay, you can catch all my um, social media sites on Mario's Rights, Instagram and Facebook, and my new page and blog is going to be called Books and Lattes. Watch out for that very soon. And Ramona, you've got a blog, haven't you? Um, I've got several blogs from uh, TARDIS Training Academies to um, Doctor Who Facts and Quotes. Um to We Love the Fourth Doctor Who. You can join any of those on Facebook. Cool. So that brings us to the end of the Literary Licence podcast. Um, so it's good goodbye from me, Craig Johnson. And it's goodbye from me, Marios, from North Finchley. And it's goodbye from me, Ramona Snitcher from Hartford, Connecticut. I'll see everyone next time for the next Doctor Who podcast. Would you rescue me? Would you get my back? Would you take my car when I start to crack? Would you rescue me? Uh-huh. Would you rescue me? Would you rescue me when I'm by myself? When I need your love, if I need your help, would you rescue me? Uh-huh. Would you rescue me? We don't talk much, not anymore. Broken bottles are slamming doors, but we still care about each other. Say we care about each other. I know life took us far away, but I still dream about the good old days when we took care of each other. We were living for each other, but I.